And welcome to another Venue Podcast with the refined gentleman of Venue. My name is Matt. I'm William. I'm Josh. And I'm Philip. Today is 2-13-2015, February 13th. It's a Friday. Friday the 13th. Ooh. Of course, it's Friday before Valentine's Day, so it can't be too creepy, right? This is our podcast number 14. Looking forward to a lot of good news and coolness to uh, to get into. I'm back. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. You're better. You were you were down for the count for a little while. I was. My kids and then me, and so here I am. Uh, it's it's definitely good to be back. Almost have my strength back and ready to. Was it measles, huh? And, you know, <laughs> you say that with my littlest, it actually was measles. Was it really? Wow. Yes, Ooh. from Ooh. the vaccine. So we all that to, stuff we, you hear about measles. Yep. Do we have any uh, Purell? Because we need to Purell these Jeez. mics after. Yeah. Just, I'm that. just going to Purell my face so you guys don't have to worry about it. All right, so first up for the news today, we got Sling TV. What does this newfangled Sling TV do? Talk well, to me. as a cord cutter of almost five years, or a little over five years, um, there are things that I always like to watch that only is on cable. And I'm not a big sports fan, but every once in a while I like to watch some sports. And uh, ESPN, ESPN2 are one of the things that it's hard to get. It's impossible. It's, I, I totally identify with you know, this. There's, there's yep. streams you can get you know, maybe off the, off the internet somewhere. Um, the problem is, is the quality may be subpar. It doesn't really, you know, not so good. Um, and the commercials are weird, too. Commercials? Have you noticed that? Eh. Or they'll just not have a commercial, just be a break. What's nice on the Sling app is I don't have any commercials. It's just a break. How about that? But not only that is there's things like I miss like uh, Food TV Network. Uh, a real, true CNN feed that I can actually watch, and it's a real feed. So anyway, so the people at Dish TV, at Dish Network, uh, released right around CES, or announced around CES, Sling TV. And Sling TV is basically um, an audio player um, that lets you watch over the uh, cable TV networks through your iOS device. Did you say an audio player? I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant a video player. I'm like, like oh, that sounds. I love to listen to TV shows. <laughs> well, some, it's theater for the mind. It's theater for the mind. But no, so it's it's an application. So I'm looking at it here uh, on my phone. I launched the Sling app, and um, you know, over your Wi-Fi or um, you know um, broadband connection, you can actually start watching why television. Don't you, why don't you play a TV show for us? So people can so, experience what it's like to listen, listen to TV. To TV. So here DR we are looking at ESPN. Is. It's actually, we'll be right back. It's We're in the middle of a break. Oh, okay. So now I, I'm going to mute the audio because, of course, DRM and, you know, I don't want to be, you know, we can, oh, I yeah, think we only play so many seconds of it. But what's nice is if, well, let's fix, change another channel. I have ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, TBS, Home and Garden TV, Food Network, Travel Channel, this uh, El Rey network, I haven't really, it's just got weird, weird, weird stuff on it. Maker, which is actually kind of cool. The people that make, like people who do Maker Buy, oh, yeah, Bot, sure. and this type of thing, that kind of whole thing. So is this Slingbox? Is that the same thing? No. No, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Okay. It's different. Uh, CNN, uh, Cartoon Network, ABC Family, Disney, yeah. and uh, Galavision, which is in, in Espanol. It's kind of like Univision, but, you know. And they're adding AMC soon as well. They're adding to, AMC. To the main package. But like for instance, Sweet. let's let's take a look at. Uh, and what's nice is I can actually go forward. I can set uh, um, 
alarm says, hey, I want to watch this in a few hours and it'll beep, I can go back three days worth of content. Wow. So if I want to watch something that's that's three days old. So if I want to watch CNN right now, I hit that. I hit watch now. It takes a second. It buffers. And uh, there is CNN. So if I was at at someone's house who had cable, if they turned to CNN, they would be seeing the same thing. Nice. I wonder why there aren't any commercials in between for like the breaks and stuff. So, yeah. so let yeah. me say this. So, some channels do have commercials, like ESPN, as I showed you before. They just cut to a channel that says "We'll be right back." Uh, other channels, like Home and Garden TV, uh, Food Network, they actually play commercials. Hmm. Which actually, sometimes I like commercials. Sometimes I like spam. It all depends. <laughs> it all depends. You know. It must be just based on whatever agreements they made. With the yeah. yeah, it's networks. what agreements. Uh, I'm totally fine with it. There's a uh, there's a commercial now and then. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but like if we go back to like ESPN, uh, all channels. Let's choose ESPN. What do you like? Oh, yeah, ESPN or ESPN two? One. One. Ocho. 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 That's eight. That's we don't eight. have ESPN. ESPN Uno. Ocho. It's, it's the Ocho. Yeah. So there's 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 you know CNN, uh, ESPN News or ESPN Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there the point is, is, is this this is not free. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So, so this is not free. Lay it on me. So if you go to Sling.com, you can sign up for uh, it's seven day free trial and nineteen ninety nine a month. Mm. Now, that is steep. That's not like a seven ninety nine Netflix. But it is cheaper than cable. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and you get all the major cable network mm-hmm. stations. You get you get some, and they'll be adding more as you go on. Now, yeah. this for for nineteen ninety nine, you actually get the standard pack for five dollars extra. It adds, I think, uh, four or five more channels. None of which were important to me, so I'm like, right. I don't need them. But um, MTV, VH1. Sadly, yeah. no. Yeah, I wish that would be nice. Um, the one thing that it that it did that it does do, so I can play this on my Amazon Fire, Android, iOS, Apple Roku. computer. Roku. Oh, good. PC. So you can watch it on your TV. Roku two and three. Um, so it makes it really nice. So anyway, the only the only downsides about this, or one of the downsides I don't like about this, is it's only you pay for one account. It's for one play only. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So unlike Netflix, where for your seven and nine you can do I think two screens at a time, or yeah. maybe three screens at a yeah. time. <clears throat> With this, it's one screen only. Hmm. So if I start playing this at home on my Roku. And I, my wife pulls it up on her phone. It sends me a message saying, well, we're transferring your stream to another device, and it switches over. Mm-hmm. That's not good. I think in time they'll probably get some heat on that, and they'll probably right. say, sure. okay, yeah. we'll give you two screens for one. I got to say, person. 20 bucks feels a little high, too, because, again, what, you're, what we're used to with Prime and Hulu and all these other, other uh, options, you know, but – you do get all the content. That's kind of cool that it's current and everything. It's live. live. Yeah. No, nothing else yeah. is live, though. That's the issue because, I mean, yeah. Hulu is you have to wait until they post it. And, sure. I mean, that's the closest thing we had to live before. Yeah. Yeah. There's the DVR function that I like. On some channels, you can go back three days. Other channels, you can't. Like CNN, I don't think you can, I don't think you can go back. Um, but Why because, would you want there, to? Because there's no shows. A lot of times, CNN is just— Why would you want to watch CNN anyway? Well, Fox hasn't <laughs> done an agreement with them well, yet, okay. but— uh, you know, so anyway, so that I would say give it a shot. And, yeah, and and right now Sling TV is doing the promotion with the Amazon and the Roku. You can get um, the Amazon Fire Stick for free with a three month commitment. 
Oh, cool. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know yeah, about that. You can get the uh, the fire box for 50 bucks off. Oh, my gosh. That's with awesome. A three month com- so you're paying $60 and you get $50 off, the, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, same kind of thing for the Roku 3 and the Roku Stick. Well, that's yeah. cool. And as we've said, the Kindle Fire Stick's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone, I say, go get it, try it for seven days, and then cancel it and say, it's too expensive, and let's make them get the price down. That's right. Power and numbers. Well, speaking of, you mentioned DRM. That's why we didn't play some of the TV shows just now, because we can't be, you know, Gotta be on being all all uh, sharing people's content over the, the Wi-Fi. So speaking the of Wi-Fi, sharing people's content. And DRM, <laughs> Keurig recently is experiencing a backlash from their DRM technology and their little capsules and Keurig machines. Phil, you want to talk to us about that? Um, sure. So... With the introduction of Keurig's 2.0 brewing system, they started putting these little, I guess it was like uh, codes on the top of their pods. You're right there, Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they put the codes on the top of their pods to where it scans the pod before it'll brew. And right, this is ridiculous. So if you're not using the uh, the the Keurig pod, it won't it won't work. And yeah. they, they What's say the point? they say it's because like they the new system will brew like two different sizes and they want uh-huh. to be able to to uh, say okay automatically brew the smaller size or automatically brew the oh, bigger size. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it senses it and knows how much water to put through and everything. Yeah, but I mean, really. so that's cool. That that's cool, but there are probably much easier ways to do it than Maybe a to like block out everyone else. Like yeah. it's clear that that was their main intention was yeah. just to say, no, you guys are making too much money on us. We want to make money on the pods. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I will say, Kirk isn't isn't the only popular coffee maker that does this. Nespresso um, has some of the um, pod systems. The the newest Nespresso, not the classic Nespresso, but the newer compressed Nespressos have a um, a, uh, a system where it's got like a little barcode. Now, they don't do, I don't believe, they do DRM on the barcode, but it's for the same thing. You pop the capsule in, and it says, oh, this is a latte capsule. I'm going to hit, have my water, uh, my water done. Um, I'm going to heat the water to this many uh, bars. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this much milk. It's, it actually is used for good purposes okay. where. Um, I can see that. I mean, the thing with Nespresso is, though, it's already such a proprietary platform, and Keurig really is too, you know. But you do have some flexibility with Keurig because you can buy the little the little pod where you put your own coffee in, right? Right. And some some features like that that are kind of I don't know, just open it up a little bit more. I mean, it would be fine if they would just freely share how to make those codes I agree. with coffee, other people. Coffee but... should be an open ecosystem. I think. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm all for capitalism and, you know, do it, do it, do yeah, right. I mean, it's theirs. They can do whatever they want with it. But, I mean, clearly it's not working if people are, are buying or not buying as many Keurig 2.0 systems yeah. as what's, they did the old one. What's mm-hmm. going to happen is, you know, it, it's going to it's going to aggravate people who like are, are faithful Keurig people. And they're like, you know what? I like going and getting my off-brand coffee mm-hmm. and drinking it in my coffee maker and my nice new Keurig 2.0. And they're going to get – Aggravated and, and mm-hmm. leave as you see the sales are down. So yeah, you know I think Keurig will have to kind of maybe rethink that uh, that decision, or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they're gonna go all in. So Samsung TVs, Josh, are listening to our personal data. Uh, Is that what you're hearing? Or possibly. They, are they listening? Well, we have a Toshiba in here, so I guess it's I not no, listening to us. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, so um, this was the following language in Samsung's privacy policy that led to a bit of confusion. All right, I'm going to read it word for word. <clears throat> Please be aware that if your spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, that information will be among the data captured and transmitted to a third party through your use of voice recognition. And this is your TV in your living room. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. That you're so, talking. So it's a smart TV they're talking about here. This yes. Samsung smart TVs. Okay. Yes. So they they put a. Um, it it's a little like, creepy, actually. Why is it transmitting anywhere? That's except just the TV itself. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, people are asking, right? So yeah. what what you know? I think what's going on is the TVs are obviously TVs are getting smarter, smarter, and. Uh, you know, I think the possibility of these TVs being able to take voice recognition is probably coming to fruition. I mean, I know things like Xbox One. If you have an Xbox One in your house, it's always listening. Oh yeah. So and and, and it, watching and watching. Yeah, it's not always for nefarious reasons because you know, hey, when I walk into my house, I want to go Xbox on, and it starts doing its routine. Yeah. What scares me, and what I think, and I, you you guys will probably agree, is is whenever they say, you know, it's, it all comes down to trust. And who's the weakest link in that Samsung tr trust circle, right? Mm -hmm. if, if Samsung's collecting data, that's fine. I trust Samsung. It's not going to do anything weird with it. But if they say, hey, I'm sending this off to a third-party um, entity for doing things like maybe crunching of audio or big data analysis and this types of thing, you know, what company are you sending it to and are they secure? Mm -hmm. So most – this is, and the thing is, is, you know – I say trust until proven untrustworthy. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I like the, the the technology to be able to listen to things that's going on in my house <clears throat> and be able to respond as I as intended. Yeah. Um, well, how so, do you guys feel? I mean, I, I well, kind of am okay with it, but until so, something bad happens. Yeah. So Samsung, um, <laughs> Samsung actually uh, put out a it looks like a blog post type thing uh, clarifying this. Um, naming the third-party service provider that they're sending the stuff to, um, saying that um, basically it's uh, only going to capture uh, voice commands that are pertinent to you know whatever request you're doing. Um, that it does not collect personal information. Blah 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 blah. Um, but anyway, so it. Uh, why are you making faces at me, Matt? That's weird. Just making faces at you. I like There's that. I like, I like that iPhone case. Valentine's yeah. Day is tomorrow, and I just was, you know, yeah. trying That's to weird. get in the mood of making faces. Anyway, so um, <laughs> bottom line is Samsung says that they do not collect uh, personal information via this voice tech te technology. But, I mean, who's to say, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we I think we've all seen enough movies, right, where – the all-seeing eye takes over your equipment in your house, your technology in your house, and is watching and listening to yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And here we go with actual our provider. Unlocking locks, for instance, at midnight. <laughs> at, which <laughs> Phil has firsthand experience Did y'all ever see that movie Run Away with Tom Selleck? Or am I the only person old enough to... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Tom Selleck has a... Badass mustache. He does. I gotta he say. Does. Eventually, the house can like turn on us and like start doing things that we yeah. don't want it to do. But sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm okay with it until something bad happens. In which case, then I'll probably not be okay with it. Well, no. And this might be a good topic one day, just in general, to get right into it. Or maybe we just do right now. 
anything okay so we depend on the cloud we depend on all, all these devices we're putting all kind of stuff in google drive dropbox what have you mm-hmm. and it's just out there yeah you know i mean we're kind of exposed anyway right well and and there's options you know in the, in the samsung statement they're like oh well if you want to turn the voice recognition off this is how you do it and you don't yeah. have to use that feature if you don't want to but yeah. then you're limiting yourself and of you're course. limiting your product the so. whole point you bought that tv right yeah yeah and that's good i mean if you don't want it and you like totally freaked out about it and maybe you're one of these people who don't who are off the grid don't want to do cl- you're not on the cloud mm-hmm. you're not your data's only in one place are, not, are not. those the people listening to us though is that probably not <laughs> but you never know um turning it off hey you don't want it turn it off Still look yeah. at the nice, beautiful TV. In fact, my next TV will probably be a Samsung because I'm, I'm in the market. Um, I, all my TVs are Samsung. Yeah, they're great televisions. I'm not a fan of smart TVs in general. Yeah, yeah just, me neither. Me yeah. neither. I have I, I, one, and it's just it's really slow and clunky. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd rather just hook up a box to yeah. it for yeah. an extra so, fifty bucks. So, yep. so you know, I'll make this quick. Um, speaking on that, I, I used to say the same thing. Oh, I don't want smart TVs. I don't want this. I don't want that. Uh, I actually have reversed that because. If you get a smart TV that's fast enough, if you get like a, some of the, and I'll just say Samsung, the quad core uh, processors and some of the ones with enough disk storage and, and up to date firmware, it actually can be very nice to be able to upgrade your TV every so often. Not for functionality of internet connectivity, but for like um, enhanced picture quality. Or if there's things like, I want to reset how the blacks look, or I want to reset how some of the functionality of the, the display looks. Uh, a friend of mine has a, um, a, a plasma television. And it's a smart TV, and he only updates it and uses the smarts of the TV to pull down other um, uh, enhancements to make the TV look better. And that's fair. I just wouldn't want to use cool. it for, like, Netflix. Yes. Because that's, yeah. a, that's a pain. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it depends on the television. I like Roku. I like Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine has got a Samsung smart TV really fast, and Netflix works great on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all what you want. It's, it's good that we have the choice. Yeah, I agree. Now it wouldn't be a venue podcast without talking about Apple at least once or twice. Speaking of so, speaking of Apple TV, speaking of Apple TV, hmm. uh, no. Apple no. apps can now be up to four gigs in size, and it wasn't so long ago that you could buy an eight gigabyte Apple iPhone, and now you could have an app that is four gigs. I can have two apps. <laughs> Actually, no, even. maybe just one app. Yeah, I mean that's insane, y'all. I mean, does anyone actually like what? What kind of apps would you be using that are I that don't big? Know. The biggest app on my iPhone I know is a game called like Asphalt Racing, and I barely use it. But I mean, it's like one point seventeen gigabytes, right? And that is the biggest thing, and it's like a full fledged like awesome racing game. Absolutely. Like, what could they make? It's so much bigger. Well, that's I mean, that's big by like games. many standards. I guess. Actually. I guess yeah. yeah, games and games have gotten so powerful on on iOS. Uh, I, I have Real Racing by EA Sports. It's beautiful. It's like playing an Xbox game. I mean, come on. Let's not. Well, let's I'm, it's, not, it's yeah. good. Close. <laughs> um, I have this one called X-Plane. It's a phone, yeah, everybody. It's, it's a phone. Okay. Well, it's a big phone. <laughs> I have this X-Plane game. And, I mean, I like flight simulators. And this is pretty darn good. Uh, you can fly a Cessna. So how big is it? Um, you know, I don't know. But it's at least a couple of gig. It's at least a couple of gig. I'd have to go and look and see how big it actually well, is. There but. you go. So it's the games it's probably doing. Because I, I was just thinking about, you know, Photoshop, something like that. Back in the day, wasn't four gigs. Right. You know? That's a well, very uh, powerful application. I think it could be a, sl- a bit of a slippery slope with people adding in more and more and more features, you know, getting up to four gigs or whatever, and then sure. not optimizing it for that platform. Yeah, yeah just get bloatware yeah. kind of stuff. Isn't, yeah. isn't Apple pretty, like hardcore about enforcing certain like 
you know, like efficiency rules in their apps, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, supposedly, yeah. yeah. So that real racing game is right at two gigs. Okay. Well, and there then, you um, go. And then things wow. like things like the other things that actually take take up space is things like RDO, which is a streaming app. Yeah. But yeah. you ask why does that? Uh, why does it take cash. that? And it's for local cash. Yeah, so I have sure. two gigs. Google I have, Play Music does that. Yeah, I have sure. two point six gigs of local cash. Uh, so that's why you know if if you want to have hey. You know, RDO will let you do four gigs now of cash. Well, that means I can store. I wonder if that applies to that kind of stuff, though. I would think so, because when I go into usage on the phone and do manage storage, it says these are how big the app sizes are. Mm-hmm. You know, the next biggest uh, size is GarageBand, oh. and that's almost a gig. So in the article, it says that iTunes Connect developer tool rejects apps that are bigger than this big. So they, they wouldn't be that big, like, right off the bat. So nice. I, I don't think I don't right. think it accounts for the cached stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, Google Earth. I mean, I, I think Google Earth pulls down its data when it needs it, but yeah. you know things like that. Rich media and as these as the as these things oh, yeah. really turn into computers, right? Um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. Seven hundred billion dollars. That's that's the number. That is Apple's valuation right now, which is crazy. So this whole topic of Apple, I do want to bring up this article I saw the other day uh, about Tim Cook. Every now and then he gets in the news, um, emerges from Apple, his Apple kingdom of awesomeness. And uh, this week he's in the news from a Goldman Sachs tech seminar. They, did they, uh, did conference. he see his shadow or did he? He did. Okay. He did. We're going to have 10 more years of Apple products. Wow. How about that? Yep. Yep. What that's how forecast. it works. I'm telling you. So every year he evidently appears at this Goldman Sachs, um, you know, which is the massive, huge uh, investment firm, mm-hmm. uh, their tech conference, and you know addresses the crowd. And they do a little Q and A with him. Um, so this year they kind of bugged him on the whole idea that Apple can't sustain their growth, and they threw at him the the law of large numbers. And I thought this was fascinating that there's such a thing as the law of large numbers. Mathematics isn't my thing. Okay, I've been dealing with large numbers for all, all for a long time, Matt. Come on. Okay, well this <laughs> this is real. The law of large numbers says that um, at at a certain ma- uh, critical mass of statistics, whatever the data is. Um, there are you can't break the the momentum. You can't. Well, you, you do break the momentum. Excuse me. You uh, you basically max out. Mm-hmm. So the example is, you take a coin and you flip it a million times. It will literally be fifty heads, fifty percent tails. Right. And so. The, they're throwing this at him, saying, and they use this in business occasionally too. Oh, where okay, so you've reached seven hundred billion dollars, and you've sold millions of iPhones. You can't possibly keep doing it anymore. I see what you're saying. Like, there's not there's mm-hmm. not enough people to buy anything more than that, right? And yeah, so this is great. I mean, he's so he's so uh, you know right to the point. We don't believe in such laws of large numbers. This is sort of uh, old dogma. I think. It was cooked up by somebody, and Steve Jobs did a lot of things for us many for many years. But one of the things he ingrained in us is that putting limits on your thinking is never good. And that was kind of cool. That was a good thing to say, right? So, redo- so redefining what a quote-unquote large number is, right? Yeah, they're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. So here's here's the point. Here, proof is in the pudding here, guys. Um, so where is it? I just want to make sure I quote this number right. This is crazy. So last year, around the holidays, they sold 37 million iPhones. That's a lot. 
That's a ton of iPhones. That's a large okay? number. That's a large number. So to break the theory of, I mean, the law of large numbers, they sold double that this past quarter. That's pretty good. Double. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. 74 million phones, y'all. Anyway, so I just thought it was an interesting thing. The law of large numbers, you learn something new every day. Mathematical theorem. Yeah, no, that, that's good stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy how these companies are, are selling that much product. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's and it, it goes to show how every, you know, human being is adopting this type of technology. And I think cellular phones, smartphones, you know, whatever is the new It's revolutionary. It's not just, you know, not just a thing everyone has. It's a revolutionary product. Yeah. So large, not, not, not saying only Apple. I'm just saying in general, just so everyone knows. Large numbers, large data, big data. Hey, how's that for a transition, right? <clears throat> These segues are so much better than last week's. So the Thanks, topic <laughs> topic for discussion today is big data. Big data. We're going to talk about data. Stop. Yep. Just stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, yeah. all right. Um, all of our listeners in the UK just dropped us. They're like, you can't. That's not how we talk. <laughs> I'll show you how we talk here in America. Big data. America. Yep, big data. It, it's something that I, I, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to people um, – whether if it's you know things in my day job or, or outside, and they're like, "What is this big data we're hearing about? What is this?" And um, you know, for a long time, we we kind of didn't really know, and, and now it's starting to actually come to realization of what this stuff is. And I think everyone's got their own um, their own definition of what big data is. Oh, yeah. At some point in time, everyone's right, or they're very close. Um, what I've found, you know, when we look at big data is. At least when I start looking at big data, it's these millions of – and as you were saying, like Samsung, all of this information that's piling in and being stored, you know. So let's let's just clarify real quick and define what we're talking about. That's not big data. The, the storage itself, right. large platforms, terabytes and terabytes, petabytes and petabytes is not big data. Right. It's not well, – it, it, yeah. It's a lot of data. It, it's <laughs> it's large it's quantities a, yeah. it's of a, data. It's, it's a yeah. piece. It's a piece of the, what the big data puzzle is. Right. So you know, big data it con- will typically be large amounts of data, but that alone doesn't constitute what big data is. It's yeah. it's a lot of data, right? It's you know, it's 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 more than a handful. But what big data when you when people talk about the big data, um, you know, usage, it's not only the data. It's actually what you do with the data. It's it's how you analyze it. And, um, you know, we t- give an example of things like uh, Google.org. And that's the big data portion of, of Google. And Google is doing things like taking big data analysis of what people are searching for. And they can pump these search results into databases, into storage arrays, and then start to do analytics. And that's really what the smart part is. It's the, it's the actual business analytics or scientific analytics that now start making useful, decisionable, if that's a word, decisionable uh, actions. Actionable. Based, actionable off of this data. So like, for instance, Google now can predict, or I believe, I'll have to go back and verify on the website, where flu pandemics are starting. You know, what time of year should we expect the flu to hit? How virulent mm-hmm. is the flu? Um, you know, if we look at other industries, oil and gas, you know, they have these little buoys that are out in the water on the Gulf Coast that are analyzing um, coastal waves. And then with that data, they can go, hey, you know, we know what's going on with the wind. We can now make better predictions of when to do certain things, certain maybe when to drill or when to send, um, you know, 
uh, whatever it is, people on and offshore. So anyway, it's, it's, it's this analysis of the data that is what's useful. It's actually the hardest part, collecting the data, getting the data into some type of storage device or network or whatever is, is fairly easily easily done. It's actually using these business analytics tools mm-hmm. that then go churn through that. So uh, I think the the biggest thing about this is how useful the analytics section of the data actually is because you can do a lot with data to make it fit an agenda, right? You 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 can analyze it any different way. So what are some of the I mean are there any any applications or any any anything to help, you know, people analyze this stuff more or is it just data scientists? So so anyway, so yeah, um yeah, I think as, as we move forward with today's, you know, in an internet connection of connected things, uh this big data is becoming more useful and and as we get better at doing analysis, it's it's going to be more useful data for us. Well, there's certainly financial implications of it, you know, the the stock market uses big data. Um, that whole concept to be able to predict things in the markets, um, which I don't know, some of that can be good, some of that cannot be good. I know a lot of the, um, a lot of actually uh, Amazon does, they don't necessarily do big data, but EC2 and some of their Elastic Cloud and how all that works. People will post their end of quarter, end of month, uh, all their earnings stuff, all their financial data into their cloud, let it churn and run all the reporting and analytics, and then pull that data back down. So that's kind of another tangential um, use for it. So a lot of finance is being pushed through big data. So what are some of the platforms, though, that are being used? Well, I know you, you've kind of had some experience with that. Yeah, so, so big data um, is, if you look at what databases, if you will, or what big data software, you'll typically look at things like Hadoop. Which is a big data. It's actually, Hadoop. It's actually um, a component that rides on top of of, uh, of operating system and hardware, and uh, it, you build these things called Hadoop clusters, which are clusters of compute and storage bundled in one. Uh, if you look at like traditional Hadoop clusters, and what this does is, you you then as you need capacity, you add blade servers or you add um, pizza box servers to your rack, and what this does is this aggregates. Um, storage and compute because typically, and this is a good case, is when you add storage, you're typically adding compute, meaning you're you're churning more data, so you need to have more compute to, to equalize out that 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 footprint. A lot of times, people will say, "Well, you know, we're we're data heavy or we're compute heavy." Well, what's nice about Hadoop is typically when you add more data, you had more disk storage, you will also need compute to satisfy that. Yeah. Um, depending on how your queries are well, done. Well, this is unstructured data too, right? It's unstructured data. Literally yeah. put anything in there. Yes. So there there's companies like EMC. Uh, you know, we're an EMC partner and uh, you know, we look at things that as we're now starting to see storage arrays now have Hadoop file systems built into the firmware. Uh, you know, we're looking at things like Isilon, where uh, HDFS or Hadoop file system is actually baked into the um, 1FS filer, the, uh, the the file system of, of Isilon. It becomes very easy now for consumers, for enterprises to actually start using this. So what's good about this is as it becomes easier to stand up these environments, people normal people, normal companies, your, your, your mom and pops and whatever, are now starting to able to leverage this. So now everyone is able to bring some of this big data goodness to their, right. to their business. 
Um, as, and as much as I, I think this is awesome and a great technology, uh, I think we we all need to kind of maybe step back a little bit and, and make sure we're not um, mistaking correlation for causation, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not making connections where maybe there isn't a connection to be made. And, and I think that's where you still will get people who are leaders or experienced in, in different fields that, that continue to work at, at different organizations and, and still be the ones to make those decisions as opposed to just going and looking at the data and saying, oh, well, this, this says muffins and alligators are totally correlated. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Yeah. I, think, I think that it, 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 in a lot of people's minds, it's a solution looking for a problem. And I think that is slowly starting to change, whereas right. more people – or, or hiring data scientists, we are, we're having more applications, SAP applications, uh, whatever that are written for analyzing big data that are that are QA that are that are legitimate. It becomes now another piece of software that people use. Right. So. All right. Well, guys, that was that was good. Very insightful, both of you guys on that big data stuff. Um, so this concludes podcast fourteen. Next week we do a little Uber. Talk about the Ubers. Obviously, go over some new news because there's always news and a couple housekeeping housekeeping items. Um, as always, give us good ratings. Five stars is appreciated on the iTunes.com. And uh, if you got time, just review us. Say, hey, these guys are great. Uh, check us out on Vinny.com. Uh, also, our blog is TakeTheNextTurn.com. And Twitter is Vinny at Vinny. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Next week.